Welcome to the Fish Nerds. It's a celebration of fish, fishing, and eating fish tacos. That's always interesting, usually funny, and mostly true. I'm Jared from Podcast Movement, and here are the nerds. I'm Clay Groves, King of the Nerds! And anything is fair game. And it's a good bet that ice fishing this year has been so good, I might give up podcasting to become a full-time fisherman. <laughs> I wish. Anyway, uh, welcome to the Fish Nerds. Uh, today it's your host, Clay Groves, just me all by myself hanging out, but I have some help from friends. Luckily, luckily... The Fish Nerds fans have come through and are helping create content, and we're always looking for more content. So if you're a Fish Nerd, and you think, man, I like those Fish Nerds, and I like what they do, and I want to contribute, uh, you're welcome to record stories and send them in, and if they are reasonably good, and or funny, or mostly true, we might use them on the show. The other thing we're still looking for is we're still looking for fishing stories. We're looking for fishing adventure stories. We're looking for about uh, 16 to 20 total. We've got about 10 so far for our upcoming book on fishing adventures. If you have a story to tell, email the story to clay at fishnerds.com and we will use it in the ebook as soon as we get enough together. The Amazing James is going to help edit it and uh, it's going to look really cool. And uh, you guys will be published authors. If you ever want to be a fish writer, now's your chance to give it away. <laughs> so that's what's happening. Uh, so that's that's what's happening in the news in the fish world right now. Uh, next week, upcoming next week, I'm releasing the fourth episode in the series on becoming a licensed New Hampshire fishing guide. I've led my first uh, fishing trip, and uh, and stay tuned. I, I, I did a, a little audio work on the ice while doing it, but you might even be impressed. If you want to hire me to take you fishing, and you should. Head to fishnerds.com to get all the info you need. All I'm going to tell you right now is this week, the last week, has been the best ice fishing I've ever seen. And I'm not, I'm not being facetious. I've never had a better week of ice fishing. It's been great. I fished um, Sunday, my first guide trip, and then I went out just at lunchtime every day this week just for an hour to fish. And I have caught, here's what I've caught this week. We've caught lake trout, lots and lots of lake trout, which I've never caught through the ice, lots of lake trout before, but now I know where they live. Uh, we've caught uh, brook trout, beautiful, beautiful brook trout, rainbow trout, uh, smelt, brown bullhead, and some monster yellow perch, which we actually ate. Uh, fantastic. So that's what's happening with fishing, and we have a lot going on here. I'm going to move right into... Guide's Corner with Michael Frank. Michael Frank is a licensed fishing guide in Columbia, South Carolina. He was a fan of the show, and now he's a contributor. He's one of our effing correspondents. For more information on Michael Frank, go to franksflyarts.com. Do women fish? Of course they do. Some of my earliest memories fishing are of guided trips on party boats fishing for fluke in Long Island's Great South Bay with my family. Our Uncle Joe... A legend of financial success in our family, whose favorite niece happened to be my mom, would bankroll the trips paying the hefty sum of $30 a head on the Captain Joseph II, plus rod rental, tips, and entry into the pool. Mom loved those trips, and though she was happy to let us or the mate put her live killie and squid strip on her hook, 
she got a real thrill out of winching those flatfish off the bottom and watching the mate net them as they planed along near the surface. Later, when I was in my teens, I convinced her to come on a bluefish boat. She didn't enjoy that as much, since we had to reel two-ounce diamond jigs from the bottom to the top really fast in 60-plus feet of water to catch them. With her arm aching from cranking all day, she told me she was happy to go back to fluke fishing, because as she said, that was work. Then there was my sister Beth, who could take it or leave it when it came to fishing. More often than not, she would come along on those trips, and she usually only had one motivation, the prize money. You see, Uncle Joe, the man who had made me cry and instantly cured me of any possible gambling addiction the first time I sat down to play penny poker with the family, was very generous when it came to fishing. Unlike his other investments in which he made hefty returns, fishing trips were investments in family fun. So if you won the pool, the collected $3 fee that went to the person who caught the biggest fish, Jojo was kind enough to let you keep all of your winnings. And my sister won. And won. There was no rhyme or reason for this. The fish just liked her bait more than anyone else's, and there were many days when my little sister basks in the glory of holding up a doormat fluke, putting all the old salts on the boat to shame, and 60 to $100 in her pocket while I looked on in bewildered envy. So I know why my sister liked to fish. Why do other women fish? I will be interviewing a few of my former clients in the coming weeks to find out more about this. We will talk to ladies whose husbands or significant others dragged them to the river, and those who have fished all their lives. Some are newbies who got hooked on this pastime recently and will be anglers for life. Others are dedicated anglers who really like having that big fish pick on their desk at work to show the boys that they kick butt inside and out of the office. I'm really looking forward to catching up with some of these ladies and sharing what they enjoy most about fishing. This is going to be fun. Always, always fun to have Michael Frank on the show. And in just a few weeks, I'm going to be going to the New England Fishing and Outdoor Expo. And Go Fish Dan called me today on Skype, and he wanted to talk about that. So, man, we're just going fast, one person to the other. Answer the phone, go fish, Dan. Welcome to the Fish Nerds. Uh, we are very excited today because we have Go Fish Dan, Dan Kenny, from the New England Fishing and Outdoor Expo. Go Fish Dan also runs the very popular, world-renowned uh, Go Fish Dan TV channel on the YouTube. Uh, and so as soon as we get down on Skype here, we will... Uh, we will make this call rock. Try them again. Hello, Clay. Hey, Dan. How's it going? Oh, it's going great. Good to hear from you, buddy. That's good to hear your voice. And you are joining us via Skype. And where do you, where do you live, man? I live in Leicester, Massachusetts, which is between Worcester and Sturbridge. So uh, we're actually recording now, which is great, great fun. And the reason we have you on the show... Um, there's two reasons. One is we want to talk about your big expo, and this is your big event of the year, the New England Fishing and Outdoor Expo, three big days, Friday, the 27th of January, the 28th, and the 29th in Boxborough, Massachusetts. 
fish nerds will be there. At least I will. And uh, but this is turning out to be a really big deal, man. Like this, I've been watching your show for a few years now. Haven't never made it down there, but this year seems to be like blowing up. What's going on? Well. Essentially, I took over the Worcester show five years ago and ran it at the DCU Center. And uh, that's a lot of fi- uh, space to fill. So I moved it strategically out to the Boxborough Regency, formerly the Holiday Inn. And uh, what's going on is quite simple. I'm an outdoorsman like you. And I got tired of going to shows where you had insurance companies and bath fitters and Owens corn and insulation and gutters and beads and sham wilds and you name it. So mm-hmm. I downsized and said, my niche is going to be the hardcore angler. So it's a premier quality fishing show. And when you walk up and down each and every aisle, it has to do with major brands, tackle, gear, rods, reels, lures, local brands, jig makers, plastic makers, etc. And um and I'm the only show in New England that brings in the Bass University, the Hog Tra. And uh one of the things that I kind of pride myself in is if a company is there with a booth or a manufacturer is there with a booth, I allow the pro staffer to go up and do a tank demo with that product. Um, Hold on a second, because a lot of people have never seen a tank demo. I, I haven't. So can okay. we back up a little bit and talk about what tank demo means? Because it's uh, confusing for those who don't live in your worlds. And you're in a very nerdy world. <laughs> okay, well, so we bring in what's called the hog trough. It's 50 feet by 10 feet. It's a trailer, basically, but it's an aquarium. It's filled with bass, and it's got a boat mounted to the top of it. And the Bass Pros or the seminar presenters go up there and do usually technique-specific demonstrations. So, for instance, there'll be a guy that'll do a jig seminar, and we'll talk about you know deep structure fishing. There'll be the next guy will do a swim bait. Uh, the next guy will do a jerk bait, and the next guy could do drop shotting. You know in uh you know 90 feet of water type of a demonstration so it it really covers what what we tried to do over the three days is cover just about every technique and method of fishing that you would encounter out there and demonstrate it in the tank does that make sense yeah and and a really fun thing for families and kids is you got this it's a giant tank of fish and you can't, right. how do you lose when you have a giant tank of fish? It's a huge aquarium. I mean, it must be so exciting for the kids to walk in and just see this thing. Now, um, expos don't make sense to some people. Why would a family want to go to an expo like this? What's, what's happening here to attract families? Okay, so we have seminars around the clock at two locations in the tank demos. So for the family whether they have children that are into the outdoors or the wife, girlfriend, or the husband, you can learn. It's a great learning atmosphere. But as far as the fun goes, archery for the kids, uh, they can shoot all day long, doesn't cost anything. There's laser shot. They can uh, catch trout. We have, also have a trout pond. And, um, you know, some places charge the kids. We we don't. I just believe in if the kid wants to catch trout for six hours straight, I'm okay with it. Oh, I'm going to go go there and be a kid. Perfect. Yeah, and here's the great thing. 10 bucks to get in. Kids are free, right? Under 12? Yes. Totally free. So cheap day for the family. 
but really a, like high quality fun for the for the twenty bucks for a family to get in there. I mean that's not bad. Free parking as well. Hey, that's something. And and Bass University, I've been reading about this a little bit. That's kind of a big deal. Yes, I, I bring in the elites again. It's I have an exclusive. They only come to my show in New England, mm-hmm. and it's the every year it's the top you know six anglers from the elite series basically and they come in and uh and that rotates so this year we have chris lane 2012 bassmaster classic champ we got ish monroe uh cajun baby cliff crockett mark daniels uh pete luzek and chad pipkins there you go so you You memorized him yes and and that'll (laughs) be this year but they are they are on the elite trail as mentioned which means you can come take their picture, get an autograph, and we also open up an hour window at the tank where not only do they do their demos on the tank, but we literally have an hour set aside where they stand behind a table and um, interact with the fans. You're allowed to go back there, take pictures, uh, get autographs, ask them questions, and, and it's a very informal Q&A session. Mm-hmm. And and for people who don't know this, these guys are like the NFL superstars of the bass world. They are they are as big as it gets. Right. And so it's a big deal that you got these guys there. So that's that's really exciting. Tell us about uh, some of the other things you're excited about with this expo. What else is happening there? Well, what's happening is that it's a it's a premier fishing show. There's there's brands Anybody who's anybody is going to be there. There's Tackle Supply Depot and Red Top Sporting Goods as retailers. But we have, you know, Quantum, Finor, Strike King, uh, Daddy Mac Lures. We have Radfish, Filthy Anglers, uh, Enigma Fishing. Um, I, you know, and I know I'm going to leave some people out. But you can't listen to them Go to the website, www.nefishingexpo.com and look under exhibitors. And uh, again, you know, not arrogantly speaking, Clay, but, you know, we have shows all through New England, and, and I basically ask people to compare our vendor list to others. Well, that's cool. And and I've like I said, I've known you for a few years, and I, I also I, – so the expo is exciting. We're going to be there. We think everyone who's in the region should make a plan in one of those three days to get out there and check it all out. Uh, and, again, that's nefishingexpo.com, and that's January – 27, 28, and 29 in Boxborough, Massachusetts at the Rock, uh, the Boxborough Regency. Uh, and it's going to be a ton of fun. And a lot of the characters who've been on the Fish Nerd show over the years are going to be there, So, which is, which is fun for me. It's like a kind right. of old homecoming almost in a, in a sense. The, the, well, it's really cool. Yeah, no, and and that's um, you know, that's what you just touched on, but but one of the things that sets us apart also is we have one location where all the vendors and attendees can literally come and just hang out and talk fishing. And but it's a family vibe. It really is. It's it's the community of New England companies that are all there to support each other. Um, I'm really big on that. And and um, you know, it's quality, of course, but but it's just a vibe that that we've created where you want to come and 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 not walk through in 45 minutes. You actually want to stay for five hours and have fun, which is amazing. So that's exciting. New England Fishing and Outdoor Expo, anyfishingexpo.com for more information. And if you reach out to uh, Dan, he's pretty quick to get back. If you have any questions, just send him an email or call him. Dan, I want to talk about one more thing. Yes, sir. So I want to talk about Go Fish Dan TV. 
I want to talk oh. about your YouTube channel. Okay. Just for a minute. Now, first of all, for those who don't know, you have this YouTube channel called Go Fish Dan. You've been doing it for years on cable access. It's, it's a very popular show. And I want to congratulate you because you do what I think is remarkable. That is make a living uh, doing fishy entertainment. <laughs> right. I, I've been trying it for years. I'm not a good business person or something, but uh, you do it. And so I want to congratulate you. It's, I'm, I'm proud of you and I'm excited for everything you do. I, I see what you're doing. And I'm like, man, that guy's doing great. I'm so proud. But tell us about <laughs> Go Fish Dan TV, where it came from and where people can find that because it's pretty cool. Well, it's on the Charter Communications Network um, every Saturday morning and has been for five straight years and on cable access stations around the country and peg media. But I've transitioned that to basically a YouTube market, and the channel is Go Fish Dan Show. I've been fortunate to um, to start a few years ago before GoPros, before drones, and um, and I literally had a camera with a tape and a laptop, and I would figure out how to press buttons and edit. And, and it was I did it more of just of like, hey, this is cool, and – then I was able to pick up a couple of sponsors, and I've turned that into, like you said, I, I'm I'm making a living. Um, I'm, I'm very happy doing the Go Fish Stand show, and the expo is actually my main passion because you know you you hit the nail on the head. To make a living in the fishing industry, one is extremely tough. It's a lot of work. A lot of people don't understand the work that goes in behind the scenes to not only Go Fish Stand show but taking care of sponsors and the expo it's a it's a it is a full-time job but how cool is it that it's a full-time job in the fishing industry versus sitting at a desk listening to a boss tell you what to do i i totally agree you know and i i enjoy my my regular work that pays my bills but i definitely enjoy the fishing work more and so i watch what you do and i'm like i just try to like what can I learn from people like you? And it's, it's really great. So you can check out, uh, we'll have links at fishnerds.com to all of this stuff. And one more question. What was the very best fish you caught in 2016? Fish of the year. Uh, 52.4 pound striper off of Lock Island with fishnet charters, Captain Meltru. Oh, I saw that photo. Blew my friggin' mind. Yep. I, I joined yeah, so I have to say, hands down, I mean, I caught some sharks in Florida earlier in the year, which, you know, nine, 10 foot sharks, that was great. Walleyes out in the Midwest, uh, that's always fun. And of course, the, the thousands of bass, trout and salmon through the year. But that striper to to have a personal best, I beat my previous personal best, which was 47 and a half pounds. So I basically bested it by five pounds, joined the 50 pound club. And quite honestly, I may never catch another one that big. No, so, that's definitely a lifer. That's totally a yeah. lifer. Yeah. Well, congratulations. And again, more information can be found at nefishingexpo.com. And that was Dan Kenny from Go Fish Dan and the New England Fishing and Outdoor Expo. Cool. Thanks, Dan. Hey, you have a great one, Clay. Have a great weekend. And uh, let's go. Fish Nerd Nation, come to the show. All right. We're going to do it. You're not going to want to miss that expo because I'm going to be there. I'll sign something for you. Uh, out in California, we've got our friends Fish Guy Josh and the Amazing James. I should tell you, the Amazing James uh, is a balloon animal expert, and my daughters and I have been trying to learn to tie balloon animals, and we keep texting uh, 
James photos of our balloon creations, and he keeps testing, uh, sending us photos of better balloon creations. So someday we'll be as good as the amazing James, but we will only ever be mediocre. We're never going to be amazing. So anyway, the Fish Guy Josh and the Amazing James are part of the FN West, our West Coast fish nerds. These guys are really great. Um, and we're so happy to have them on the show. And the story they're sharing this week is called Boat Battery and Hell Sturgeon. Amazing James. What's up? Uh, nothing much. Just uh, it's cold. <laughs> Waiting to finish up this segment so I can go check on the lab. Oh, how's the lab doing these days? I don't know yet. <laughs> I haven't checked since the weekend. Oh, it was it was a I long did, weekend. I did wasn't pop it? in in the long weekend because we uh, we collected uh, seaweed while we were on the coast. Yeah. So I swung some by the lab. To Speaking see of seaweed. Stuff. I, I learned something new this weekend. Uh, I learned that there's a way to not kill sandworms. You ever, you ever have have your sandworms just like slowly die in your refrigerator and mm-hmm. stink it up? There's a reason why my mom never let me keep sandworms in the fridge. But uh, yeah, I know there's like, isn't there some kind of rinsing thing you can do with them? Yeah, yeah, right? and I, I did that last year with a couple, and they lasted a little longer. But this one guy I ran into who was fishing out here for smelt the other day told me if you uh, actually let them swim in the water for a little while. You just fill mm. up your bucket, let them swim in there for a good half hour, and then put them back in the container with, with some fresh seaweed, yeah. some fresh rockweed or whatever, that they do really well. But um, he said he keeps his for weeks, like weeks or months, which shocks me. But Yeah, that makes sense, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, I ran into him while I was out there uh, working on the boat. Oh. Yeah. Wait, where were you working on the boat? At the point here? Yeah. It's, uh, it's in the lock here. Oh, in the lot, and you yeah. saw him going fishing? To yeah. The... Okay. Yeah. So, uh, hey. Hey. I have a boat. Sweet. Yeah. I had a fun weekend. I spent two of the three-day weekend days working on the boat. I, I meant to actually take it out, but... But I, you worked on it instead. I, well, at yeah. least you heeded my, my warnings early on. I remember that day we launched the boat. Yeah. With no working fuel line, and I said, "No, you just gotta like take it back, <laughs> right? get it right, and enjoy the ride later when nothing's breaking down on you." I think maybe we should start a whole segment about the boat. <laughs> we should just start like a regular like the boat. <laughs> yeah, like like hellish stories. Have you from come the up boat with a with, name with, for it yet? With Amazing James, uh, for the boat now. Okay. Um, it's it's making me happy though. I think it's going to be a good name if I name it. So the the project this weekend was to redo all the electrical. Okay. It was a total rat nest underneath. Like the, literally uh, a rat nest? It no, not been. a literal rat nest. It could have been. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the wires were just a total mess. So uh, I started splicing things out and uh, figured out. Like they sold it to me without the um, the consoles for uh, Fish Finder. And there was a little tachometer. And um, so the wires were still in there. I removed those wires and crossed my fingers. I actually cut the right ones, and I'm pretty sure I cut the right ones. <laughs> <laughs> there's still there's still one wire in there. There's a hot lead that's just there, and I'm not exactly sure why, but it's it's just hanging out. Anyway, so if you can follow me on this, here's okay. what happened. Day one, 
I get through with getting the anchor onto the new toggle switchboard. I have five toggle switches, right? So I get the anchor plugged into it. I get the lights and I get the radio plugged into it, right? The anchor. Yeah, it's got a it's got an electric. Uh, oh, you're winch, like, yeah, uh, it's got a, a winch, winch for the, anchor. Yeah, now? yeah, wow, yeah, it's pretty that's cool. Fancy. Yeah, that was actually with it when I got it. Mm. Fancy. It didn't have bow lights or stern lights, but it had an anchor uh, motor. You could so, anchor in the dark and wait to be hit yeah. by something. So I'm out there all day. Jess texts me at like 5 p.m. It's getting dark, and she says, "Hey, if you could be here in five minutes, I could use your help getting the kids in the car. We're going to the zoo for zoo lights. It's the last mm-hmm. thing. Zoo lights. Zoo lights. So uh, I, I get all my stuff done." run out and just leave it for the next day. Come and uh, enjoy zoo lights, come back the next morning. And I, I have to fill in, I think it was one more light I had to do. And uh, I disconnected the battery. I wanted to get the, the battery uh, cables redone as well. So I go ahead and reconnect the battery. And I go and I do a couple more things. I had to put in the bilge pump, right? So I do the bilge pump. Flip the switches on the bilge pump and everything. Bilge pump starts buzzing. Everything's great. Turn the lights on. Everything's great. And then I realized I'd left the anchor line a little bit down. So I got to wind it back up. Well, (laughs) guess what? I go to put it up and it goes down. Down. (laughs) So now you'd think that that would be enough for me to figure out what the problem is right there. Like that should, that should be, you know, clue number one. Something's backwards. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, No. Uh, next thing I noticed no, is that... No, you didn't realize that right No, 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 no. So then I turn on the CB. I turn on, I turn on the VHF radio, right? And it doesn't turn on. Your Craigslist special, right? Yeah, 50 bucks. Awesome. Little, little hummingbird. And I turn it on. And the lights don't come on. Nothing comes on. It triggers the, uh, the circuit breaker, right? <laughs> so I'm like, oh my God, I just, fried my, I just fried this thing too. I have no idea what I did. Uh, in addition to this that I keep on trying and retrying and trying to figure out, I look at the wiring, make sure everything's wired up the way it was. I, I mean, literally I'm on, I'm like on my back underneath the, Under panel, the console, breathing in all the, all the nice dust from the, uh, fiberglass that I just cut out. And I, I just can't for the life of me figure it out. Uh, the lights also, the, the, the led lights, I didn't know this. The led lights wouldn't turn on. They were dark the night before they were fine. And now they're dark. So, Go home, do some research, figure it all out. Guess what? VHF radio won't work when you have reverse polarity. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? See uh, previous statement. See previous of statement anchor of anchor, anchor going, going down. Yeah, going down instead of up. Uh, and then it turns out LED lights also do not function when they are reverse <laughs> polarity. <laughs> Who would have thought shit doesn't work when it's backwards? <laughs> Uh, so I, you know, like, I'm just saying, God, don't you hate when you like, I was, I was trying so hard to conquer a problem and like you spend a whole day on it. And then the next day it's like something super simple and you're like, damn it, damn it. That's all it was. But I got to tell you, I was thrilled to death that when I got it back to the way it was, you know, red on positive. (laughs) Anchor line goes up when you hit up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, honestly, the guy's wiring system was pretty shitty to the point that, The red line was actually black. Like he just used whatever he had. Whatever. To up. So <laughs> I had actually labeled the red line with tape after that. I, I made okay. sure that I had some red tape on the red line. So you wired it what you thought was correct. Yeah. And it was backwards because the wire colors were backwards. The the wire colors were both black. Oh. oh. Really helpful. <laughs> oh, it was a guessing game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So 
Anyway. Well, anyway. Cool. <clears throat> right on. I uh, actually hope, um, as far as following up our resolutions of 2017, Fine. I hope that we are able to utilize your boat to try and do some sturgeon fishing at some point. They are catching sturgeon right now uh, and pointing over there. We're, so, so I know you guys who are listening can't see where we are. We're we standing are, like on the bridge of a ship, essentially. It's an old uh, training facility for the Navy way back when. And so we're overlooking the bay right now uh, on what's meant to look like the, br- the big bridge of a Navy ship, but it's actually just like an arched room with a bunch of windows in it, which is pretty cool. Yep. So James is literally pointing to where the sturgeon are biting. But even even if they're no longer biting there, I mean, just Dumbarton or going to um, Sassoon Marsh would be good. And Dumbarton, I, it's it's hard to land the sturgeon on the um, bridge, but if you have a boat, I hear it's a lot easier. Like you don't have to use the crab pot to like net the sturgeon. Yeah, yeah. So there's all sorts of laws out here but about I, uh, not taking them out of the water, for example. Yeah, that that makes it hard. So being in a boat is actually pretty helpful. Yeah. I've heard horror stories about people catching like five footers right off the rocks out here and having to walk back and forth like a mile each way until they finally get them out. Yeah. And they have to get in the water, you know, to, to get them. Um, yeah. I, I want to do that. I have a sturgeon rod. I need to, uh, put some line on the spool and take it out. And I have one of my surf rods I want to use too, but I'm ready to go with two rods that are fit for sturgeon. I I put my rod holders on the boat. They're, They're now, they're now in. So, yeah, that's uh, my, as far as uh, doing stuff in your boat, um, I would like to do sturgeon fishing and definitely uh, like some surf perch yeah. spots Yeah, well, now is the time. The guy at the bait shop told me they caught, uh, he's heard about six of them being caught right off the ferry point out there. Cool. So, yeah, that is that is a good spot. I also, I want to get a depth, uh, depth finder or a fish finder on there. Um, I've been going to, to the consignment store trying to find one, but uh, it's a specifically like marine consignment place Mm -hmm. so they haven't had one yet but i'm looking forward to getting one right on yeah so yeah we'll get out there let's do it soon the boat story continues yeah the boat saga cool all right until next time amazing james i'm fish guy josh and this is at the west okay thanks fish guy josh and the amazing james uh you guys could do this all day. So really great, great stuff. And uh, they, they, they say there's no such thing as a free boat. I was offered a free boat uh, last year and, uh, and I didn't take it. A friend of mine got a free boat and he's put about $6,000 into his free boat. And he, his advice is if someone offers you a free boat, save up $6,000 and buy a boat. <laughs> so that's, that's what they say there. All right. So how about some fish in the news? First story in is from the Chicago Tribune, and this this actually story came through uh, through a Facebook page called Fish Feel. The page is all dedicated to stopping any kind of fishing uh, and reminding people that fish are sentient and fish have feelings too. Um, 
And recently this group uh, has been starting to, uh, well not recently, they did it before too, but they're back again starting to uh, show up in the Fish Nerds feeds and protesting locally some of the stuff I'm working on. And we're always happy to have uh, dissent and people who disagree with us. Uh, and I, I never argue with people who um, believe fish and humans have the same feelings because you can't, uh, you can't win those arguments, but I sure like to listen to them. And uh, if you follow along with the Fish Nerds Facebook group, you can see a whole discussion on there. Maybe I can get someone together with me next week and we can do a little bit of a Facebook theater and do a read-through of that whole conversation. So, first news from Chicago Tribune. Fake fish finds niche or niche in growing faux meat market. This is by Dina Shanker. This is brand new news. Tyson Foods this fall took a 5% stake in Beyond Meat. The company proudly bringing customers fake meat that bleeds. With Impossible Foods' new burgers, that's in quotes, made for high-end restaurants and a long list of more established companies like Morningstar Farms, Gardein, and Amy's Kitchen, it's never been so easy to forgo animal-based protein. Another piece of the nearly $5 billion plant-based food economy, vegan seafood. Fake tuna, fake crab cakes, fake scallops. With nary a net, customers of Fresh & Co., a New York City salad chain can get tomato sushi in their quinona bowls. Quinoa bowls? Uh, New York's May Mayhua vegetarian market sells vegan salmon, scallops, and tuna, along with your classic vegan spare ribs and stewed mutton. At Whole Foods, shoppers can pick up garden crabless cakes or breaded vegan fish fillets from Sophie's Kitchen. Now, I'm kind of thinking about this a little bit. Um, vegan diet. Totally smart diet. Health-wise, totally good for you. Uh, vegan lifestyle, bizarre. Food, good. Uh, what I don't get, and what a lot of people don't get, is if the vegetables are so great, why would you want to make them taste like meat? Why, you know, if you're if you're that far in, just eat vegetables. If you want to eat meat, eat meat. I don't understand. Uh, but vegan seems psyched. Growth has been phenomenal at twenty percent or more a year. Said. Eugene Wang, managing partner at Sophie's Kitchen. Wang started developing his seafood alternatives because his daughter is allergic to shrimp. It also led him to ditch soy and wheat in search of allergen-free ingredients. Now he uses ma- mainly yellow pea for the protein and uh, konjac, also known as Japanese or elephant yam, for shellfish texture. Curious omnivores may want to start with breaded and fried. Uh, big food is taking notice even before Tyson's October investment in vegan meat Pinnacle Foods acquired Gardein Protein International, which also sells plant-based kitchen and beef products. Uh, now, <clears throat> it's confusing because if I'm eating food and it's called salmon, it should be salmon. There should be no fake salmon out there. Uh, and and I just, just the whole thing doesn't make any sense to me. I want to see people make vegetables that taste like meat. And when they, that's what they're doing. I want to see some make meat that tastes like vegetables. So steak that tastes like broccoli or fish that tastes like uh, tomatoes. That would be really interesting. Uh, but the whole thing doesn't doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, except for one thing it does. It's good marketing. Vegan market is huge, and vegans aren't poor people. Poor people are omnivores because they're they're opportunistic. So if you're going to do it, the vegan world's where to where to do it, I suppose. It's it's the same as the gluten-free type folks. It's just marketing, marketing, marketing. Um, that said, it's a case could be made environmentally. It's a smarter way to eat, and and we'll have to see how that goes. Although I wonder if processing the vegetables down that much uh, it changes the uh, 
the health value of them. So anyway, you can read more about that um, at the Chicago Tribune or go to fishners.com for the link to the story and join the discussion we have on our Facebook group called the Fish Nerds Podcast Group. Second story from Fish in the News. This is from CBS News. When is a fish worth more than a half a million dollars? Uh, this is amazing to me. This is in Tokyo, of course. A Japanese sushi chain boss bid a winning 74.2 million yen, which is $632,000 on Thursday for a 466-pound bluefin tuna in what may be Suki Market's last auction at its critical site in downtown Tokyo. The winning bid Thursday for the prized but imperiled species was second highest ever after a record 155.4 million yen bid in 2013 at the annual New Year auction. This year's price was $2,981 per kilogram, compared with about $7,930 uh, in 2013. Uh, Captain Sean probably loved this. If he could get one of these tunas sold, he could quit guiding and just go fishing every day. Uh, Kayamura Corp owner Kayushi Kimura posed beaming after the pre-dawn New Year auction with a gleaming man-sized fish, which was caught off the coast of northern Japan's Amori Prefecture. His company, which runs the sushi Zanamai chain, often wins the annual auction. It sounds like this company just wins that auction every year just to get in the world news. So maybe that money they spent on there has not much to do with that fish at all, but more with how do I make CBS news from Tokyo? Uh, Japan, Japanese are the biggest consumers of their torpedo-shaped bluefin tuna, and surging consumption of sushi has boasted demand as experts warn the species could go extinct. And that's important to think about. A report by the International Scientific Committee for Tuna and Tuna-like Species in the North Pacific Ocean last year put the population of bluefin tuna at 2.6% of its unfished size, down from an earlier assessment of 4.2%. The Western and Central Pacific Fisheries Commission tightened international limits in 2015 as the species remained under threat, having the catch of bluefin tuna under 30 kilograms from average caught between 2002 and 2004. But overfishing has continued, and in some areas, bluefin have are harvested at a triple the levels considered sustainable. Interesting article. This went from talking about uh, the value of fish to talking about its decline. It probably should have been two separate articles entirely. But I, maybe they should... Uh, oh. Let's take the fake, like, plant-based tuna to Japan and do a double-blind study and see if the Japanese can tell which is which. I suspect they can, but we'll have to see. Anyway, that's Fish in the News. And that's all the time we have for this week's show. So that's it. You've listened to a whole bunch of fish nerds when you should have been fishing. We'd like to thank our families for, for supporting us while we podcast, go on fishing quests, and do all sorts of silly things that nerds do. If you would like to support the Fish Nerds, go to patreon.com slash fishnerds. It helps crowdfund this podcast. A dollar an episode would go a long way to keeping this podcast moving forward. Uh, special thanks to, we got a lot to thank. we got to thank uh, the amazing James and Fish Guy Josh. we got to thank Michael Frank. And we have to thank... Uh, Dan Kenny from Go Fish Dan and the New England Fishing and Outdoor Expo for coming on the show this week. And until next time, follow the code of the fish nerd, spawn early and often, avoid free lunches with strings attached, and swim against the current every chance you get.
Thomas Bongo Fish Dance.